welcome to the podcast of the Vine Church in Fullerton, California. For more information, visit thevineoc.com. Good morning, Vine Church, and any guests who are watching online, it's so good to see you today. My name is Stephanie Guppy, and I serve on the Church Council. And today I am so honored to introduce our speaker, which is Pastor Ash Meany. He is an associate pastor at Vintage Church LA, and Vintage is a close sister church of ours. Um, And Ash was just with us two months ago online, so we're excited to have him back. We've been listening with Vintage Church um, through a study and a series on the Old Testament, where we've been learning about how people are changed through encounters with God. So we can't wait to hear what he has for us today. And with that, I will pass it on to Ash. We are continuing this morning in our series on Old Testament characters and how God uses them as he does us despite our brokenness and weakness. And for me, there's no better place and person to look at than the life of Moses who constantly wrestles through brokenness and weakness to become one of the most well-known and famous people in the Bible. So we're going to read from Stephen's incredible speech just prior to his martyrdom in Acts chapter 7 20 to 36 where he summarizes the life of Moses like this. At that time Moses was born and he was no ordinary child. For three months he was cared for by his family. When he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son. Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was a powerful in speech and action. When Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his own people, the Israelites. He saw one of them being mistreated by an Egyptian, so he went to his defence and avenged him by killing the Egyptian. Moses thought that his own people would realise that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. The next day, Moses came upon two Israelites who were fighting. He tried to reconcile them by saying, men, you are brothers. Why do you want to hurt each other? But the man who was mistreating the other pushed Moses aside and said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard this, he fled to Midian, where he settled as a foreigner and had two sons. After 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to Moses in the flames of a burning bush in the desert near Mount Sinai. When he saw this, he was amazed at the sight. He went over to take a closer look. He heard the Lord say, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Moses trembled with fear and did not dare to look. The Lord said to him, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. I have indeed seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and have come down to set them free. Now come. I will send you back to Egypt. This is the same Moses they had rejected with the words, who made you ruler and judge? He was sent to be their ruler and deliverer by God himself. 
through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. He led them out of Egypt and performed wonders and signs in Egypt at the Red Sea and for 40 years in the wilderness. Stephen gives us this wonderful panoramic view of the life of Moses, breaking it up into three 40-year segments. For the first 40 years in verses 20 to 22, Moses wrestles with the brokenness of an identity struggle. For the second 40 years, in verses 23 to 29, Moses wrestles in the wilderness of weakness, self-doubt and fear. And in the last 40 years, in verses 30 to 36, Moses encounters God and wrestles with his calling, becoming the reluctant leader. In fact, the life of Moses could be described as the transformation of character through the crucible of wilderness. The transformation of character through the crucible of wilderness. There's so much packed into the story and life of Moses. I just want to bring out three key learnings that I think may help us. Three key learnings from his life. One, our stories always shape us more than we think. Two, the wilderness is a place of profound transformation. And three, God calls us in our weaknesses beyond our strengths and abilities. Now, the Egyptians not only persecuted God's people, they had also implemented a policy of infanticide for all Jewish boys, calling for them to be thrown into the Nile. Not knowing what to do, Moses' mother makes a waterproof basket and floats her newborn son down the river. He's born into an environment that was highly unsafe and volatile for children. He was abandoned by his mother, even though it was for the best reasons, and placed in a new family. He was then reunited with his mother, only to be returned to his adoptive family later on. He's raised as Egyptian royalty, receiving one of the finest educations you can get. But Moses had a problem. He wasn't Egyptian by blood, nor was he related to the royal household that he was raised in. Even though he was raised by a powerful family in a place of incredible luxury and privilege, he couldn't shake his childhood experience. He lived between two worlds, not fully at home in either place. So, he developed ways of adjusting and coping with the effect of his childhood until one day, as we can see, the anger that had probably been building over a period of time finally exploded when we get these telling words from Exodus chapter 2, 11 to 13. One day, after Moses had grown up, he went to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labour. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people, looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Now like Moses, we all have stories, both good and bad, that have shaped and formed our identity. 
from the time of our birth throughout the journey of our lives. We have experience and events that shape and form who we are and how we view ourselves, God and others. Our childhood, home life, parents and family dynamics, good and bad our friendships and relationships, our education, peer groups, social lives, our faith, religion, our successes, our failures, our fears, our hopes and dreams. Our self-worth, self-acceptance and how we give and receive love, how we trust and view authority are all impacted by these experiences. And this is what Moses was going through. Whether we've grown up in a Christian household or become Christians later in life, beneath the surface, we can hide places in our hearts where we're captured by memories or faulty beliefs and behaviours that have power on how we live our lives. Learning one, our stories always shape us more than we think. Do you know your story? And do you know how it's shaped you? Sooner or later, what lies beneath the surface has a way of catching up with us. And this is exactly what happened to Moses. Ruth Haley Barton, in her excellent book, Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership, puts it like this. What lies beneath the surface, or the ocean, or our lives, really matters. Whether I know something is there or not is in some ways irrelevant. My awareness of it or lack of awareness doesn't make it any less real. It doesn't much matter whether I have heard of what's lurking beneath the surface or whether I believe that such things exist. The point is that there are things lurking under the surface and it could be that even others are seeing these things though I am not. If, by God's grace, we become aware of the dark creatures lurking below, the best thing we can do is get out of the water fast. Getting a glimpse into his own darkness, into what had shaped and formed him, into the growing resentment and anger, into what lies beneath, this is exactly what Moses does. So he flees into the wilderness, thinking he could hide from God and his past. But God had other ideas. Now, isn't it amazing how we can deceive ourselves and think we can hide from God? It's like when you play hide and seek with children, uh, little children, and they say to you, you count to 10 and I'm gonna run off and hide. And so you say, okay, stand in the corner, you start counting to 10. And of course you can hear them running, you know exactly what room they've run into. And then they say, uh, and then you say, coming, ready or not, they get excited. And then you walk towards where you saw them or heard them run and you walk into the room and there they are. You can't see me, but you can't find me. Isn't it amazing that we actually perceive we can hide from the God of creation? 
just like little children we think we can hide but of course we can't the psalmist declares where can i flee from your spirit where can i flee from your presence if i go up to the heavens you are there if i make my dead bed in the depths you are there there is nowhere we can hide from god Moses runs into the wilderness thinking he can hide from it all only to find this is exactly where God wants him and during these 40 years Moses finds himself in a profound forced period of obscurity and this season of life in the wilderness of the desert alone broken discouraged becomes the most critical time of his life where the crucible of wilderness humbles him and makes him sensitive and open to God. A crucible is a place or set of circumstances where people or things are subjected to forces that test them and often make them change. I love this little story. In biblical times when a refiner wanted to purify gold or silver, he'd put the precious metals in a refining pot called a crucible. He would then build a furnace underneath the crucible. When the gold or silver had melted in the crucible, the refiner would skim off the impurities that rose to the surface. The refiner would then repeat the process over and over again until he could see his own image reflected in the molten surface of the crucible. Learning two, the wilderness is a place of profound transformation that Christ uses to purify his people until he sees his image reflected in us. You see, it's oftentimes in wilderness that we sense we're absolutely alone and nothing is happening, that God's doing some of his most profound work. There's a breaking and reshaping process where our character is hammered out on the anvil of obscurity that all of us at some point in our spiritual lives will go through. And until we've experienced that, we're at the mercy of what lies beneath the surface. The most humble, secure, gracious, godly people I've known are those who have been through the wilderness and who've seen what their hearts are really like and have nothing left to hide. Moses the murderer escapes to the wilderness and through 40 years of obscurity finally gets to the place where he lets God take over completely. If you like, he gives God the keys to the whole house of his heart. And that becomes the moment of breakthrough. It's in this place that Moses experiences his God encounter and calling. And after 40 years have passed, the angel appears to Moses in the flames of a burning bush in the desert near Mount Sinai. And as he goes over to take a closer look, he hears the Lord say, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Then the Lord said to him, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. 
the wilderness is transformed into holy ground in a profound encounter with the presence of God. The good news is that eventually there's always a God encounter in the wilderness. The challenge is he might just ask us to do something we feel completely unqualified to do. And that's what happens to Moses. God calls Moses to lead his people out of slavery in Egypt. And Moses responds with reluctance and fear, replying, who am I? You've got the wrong person. I'm not your man. Then he asks, what's your name? Who are you? What if they don't believe me? And finally, in desperation, he says, but uh, yeah, no, I, I'm not eloquent. I, I can't talk. I don't do public speaking very well. I am a nobody and I have no authority. I wonder if anyone listening to this has ever used those kinds of excuses with God before. I know I have. Because of some horrific childhood traumas, I found fitting into school really difficult. I suffered from dyslexia, so I struggled with particularly maths and spelling. And so every time a teacher asked me to stand in front of the class, I went into a complete and absolute meltdown internally with fear and nerves and a dry mouth because I knew I would struggle to answer and I didn't want to be the, the sort of laughter of the class. I left school as soon as I could without graduating and I made a promise to myself to never ever stand up in public and speak again. Can you imagine my reaction when I sense God's call to go back to college, to a seminary, to be trained as a pastor? Learning three. God often calls us in our weakness to do something beyond our abilities and gifting that's absolutely impossible to do apart from his provision. This is what forces us into humble dependence upon him. I want to encourage some of you right now. If it feels you don't have the gifting, the strengths, the, the, the education, the power to do what God's called you to do, you are probably in exactly the right place. You are probably exactly where he wants you. What did the wilderness and obscurity do for Moses? He encountered a life-transforming presence of God and was never the same again. His failures were forgotten. He discovered a new intimacy with God and he was equipped and empowered to do all that God had asked him to do. And despite all of his weakness and brokenness, he became all that God had created him to be, leading God's people out of Egypt, performing miracles and giving the law to the Israelites, bringing them to the edge of the promised land, but not without a wrestle. And the same is true for us. God uses wilderness to prepare, reshape and form us 
And that's what he's doing right now in the wilderness some of us find ourselves in. Perhaps you've come to the crucible of wilderness and in your own life, no matter what you do, it seems there's no way out. There's no way back and there's no other way around it but through it. Then it's time to name the season and embrace it. This is what Moses eventually did. Stop resisting and fighting and start resting. Settle into a pattern of seeking God, of self-discovery, of inquiring of the Lord what lies beneath and see what he can do with it. Let's take a moment to just respond in prayer. Can I invite you just to sit back for a moment? Let's take a moment or two, maybe even close our eyes. Take a few deep breaths and let's pray. Lord, for anyone who right now finds themselves in a wilderness, for anyone in the crucible of obscurity, for anyone who senses the Lord has left them, I pray you would speak to them now. The great I am is with us and he declares over us, I've got you, I've got you. You are exactly where I need you to be. I am the one you can count on. I am doing a deep and profound work within you. I'm the one who never fails. I'm faithful to my promises and I will bring you through this. Holy Spirit, fall afresh on your people. Reveal to them all that you are doing at this moment. Now, if you find yourself resisting the season, name the season, lean into it. Stop resisting and start resting. Settle into the pattern of seeking God, of self-discovery and of seeing what he will do. And so, Father, reveal yourself in our wilderness and lead us through it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so now let's lean into worship. Let's worship.